This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the morning bulletin here on the Blood Red channel as we bring you your must-know stories from this morning's reports. I'm Guy Clark and on Tuesday the 25th of August, these are your top stories. Louis van Gaal talks on how he nearly became Red's boss and how he tried to scupper Liverpool's transfer success. Is FSG's Moneyball Inspiration planning financial investment as well as strategic support at Anfield? Bournemouth's Brooks looks set for pastures new, but will it be Anfield? We'll also bring you a rival roundup as Chelsea looks set to land Havertz. And Super Mario? Well, not so much. We look back on some Liverpool transfer history from six years ago this very day. Well, joining me to get stuck into all of those is our Blood Red writer, Matt Addison. Matt, back from our holidays with the Blood Red podcast yesterday. We're up early this morning and with the Reds in pre-season action later on as well, we've got a busy day in store. Yeah, we certainly have. I'm looking forward to, to seeing Liverpool in action again. and should be a good game, I think. Hopefully the, the weather conditions are... A little bit better than what they were over the weekend. Obviously, the the ball was not moving particularly well on Saturday. So hopefully, there's a little bit less rain in Austria um, and we can see a a decent team uh, in Red Bull Salzburg playing against Liverpool, of course. So, yeah, look, it's uh, the next step in pre-season. We don't know if there'll be any more pre-season friendlies. Um, Obviously, countdown now is on to the weekend and and Arsenal in the Community Shield. So, it's uh, another important step between well, a, a very short gap between the end of last season and, and the start of the next one. Yeah, it really does hit home just how, how short this break is. And first up this morning then, with the new season very much almost upon us, it's time for the annual 4-4-2 season preview. I have to say I missed it on my summer holidays this year, but within it, looking ahead to the new season, former Manchester United manager Louis van Gaal has been speaking and he's had plenty to say, which of course this morning has been turned around on the echo. Yeah, some uh, interesting quotes. I mean, some of the stuff people will have already known. Uh, I think the fact that Sadio Mane and, and James Milner were two players that he tried to sign. Certainly, Sadio Mane was one that was uh, very publicly uh, of interest to Manchester United at the time that he came to Liverpool. Liverpool obviously moved in front and, and got that deal done. And thank goodness they did, because you look at what he has achieved since he arrived at Anfield. That deal was so, so important at the time. Um, but yeah, plenty of, of other names as well. And I suppose the, the most interesting thing is that he says Ian Eyre, obviously Liverpool uh, chief executive for a long time, spoke to him in 2012 and said that he wanted him to become Liverpool's new manager. So Ian Eyre, yeah, he went to uh, to Portugal. They had serious discussions about potentially succeeding. Uh, Sir Kenny Dalglish, it would have been at the time, wasn't it? Liverpool obviously ended up with Brendan Rodgers that summer instead of Van Gaal. But yeah, things could have been very different. Of course, he then went on and and managed Manchester United after that. Not particularly successfully, you have to say. Some uh, fairly scattergun approaches in the transfer market. Um, And yeah, I mean, you you look at the names as well as James Milner and Sadio Mane that they missed out on. He says he wanted Neymar, Riyad Mahrez, N'Golo Conte, Sergio Ramos, Mats Hummels. Obviously, all of those names... Um, very, very good players, but none of them ended up at, at Manchester United. And yeah, it's uh, an interesting chat, to say the least, with with Louis van Gaal. Uh, I'm sure that the full piece in 442 will be well worth uh, a read, as well as the, the rest of the magazine, of course. But yeah, some, some interesting things. And look, I mean, Brendan Rodgers, I think, had his fair share of, of critics during his time at, at Anfield. But 
yeah, I for one am, am glad that it was him and, and not Louis van Gaal that, that got the job in the end. Yeah, certainly. And the, the transfer stuff is very interesting indeed. Says he wanted Lewandowski, he wanted Higuain. He was also looking at the likes of Neymar, Riyad Mahrez, N'Golo Kante, Sergio Ramos, Mats Hummels. It seems as though there wasn't a player that Louis van Gaal wasn't looking to bring to Manchester United. Well, the edition of 442 is available from Wednesday. So tomorrow morning, you can uh, get your hands on that. You can find the story on the Liverpool Echo website as well, which offers a uh, exclusive exclusive reach subscription offer which as I say you can find at the bottom of that piece well moving on then Matt and on to our next one from Scattergun transfer policy to the man who helped reshape redefine and reinvigorate Liverpool's is Billy Bean and you of course had the fortune of speaking with him for Blood Red just five or six weeks ago now and this morning on the Echo we've got a story about how his involvement with the Reds could become even more pronounced. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, obviously, Billy Bean of, of Moneyball fame, the Oakland A's and, and the fantastic work that he's done there, which has then, as you say, almost been replicated within football by Liverpool and, and plenty of other teams as well. So, yeah, he appears to have set up a company um, with a, a business partner with the idea of investing around £430 million in a football club somewhere in Europe. Uh, we don't know for sure that it will be Liverpool. Um, but it does appear to make sense. There are some links. I think it was the New York Post wrote a, a story suggesting that Liverpool were the most likely club that he would invest in yesterday. And I suppose that does make a great deal of sense because obviously he's uh, very much linked to FSG. He's a close personal friend of Liverpool's chief principal owner, uh, John W. Henry, as well as the likes of Tom Werner as well, who obviously have hugely influential roles at Liverpool Football Club. So, yeah, Billy Bean, um, you know, the, John Henry wanted to, to take him to the Red Sox. They are open to investment, uh, Liverpool, certainly. Uh, certainly they have been in the past. I assume that is still the case now. FSG are not going to sell Liverpool at, at this moment in time. Um, I don't think it's the, the right time for them to move on completely. Certainly £430 million would not be anywhere near enough to buy Liverpool Football Club as a whole. But... They are open to a small portion um, of investment, a minority stake potentially being uh, sold. There's been sort of links with Chinese investment over the last few years. Liverpool have always you know, been quick to, to say that they would be open to, to something like that taking place. So it'd be interesting to, to see if that happens on this occasion. Obviously, with the, the links to John Henry, the links to Liverpool, the fact that Billy Bean is a huge fan of the way that Liverpool go about things, it does appear to make sense. Um, the other thing as well, just quickly, is that ex-Premier League chief Richard Scudamore is sort of among the, the group of people that is working with Billy Bean on this potential deal. And, you know, I, I read in the, the New York Post piece yesterday, they spoke to a, a source who said, quite rightly, you know, why would you uh, work with someone who obviously has extensive knowledge of the Premier League and, and the clubs and the owners? Why on earth would you you know, bring him into the equation if you weren't looking to invest in the Premier League at all. So I think, you know, the, the suggestion is that, that Billy Bean will be in the Premier League or certainly in England at some, some point soon. There's also links with Tottenham. I think it's worth pointing out. I think they come from the relationship that he has with Damien Camoli, who worked for, for Tottenham before he ended up moving to, to Liverpool. But Camoli no longer there. He's actually at, at Toulouse now in, in League One in France. So... 
you know, the, the links to, to Tottenham maybe not quite as, as strong as Liverpool, but we will see. He's already got a stake, Billy Bean, in, in Barnsley. He's an advisor for AZ Alkmaar as well. So there are plenty of, of options, but certainly I think with regards to Liverpool, it's it's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I remember your chat with Mr Moneyball himself, Billy Bean, how excited he was speaking about football this side of the Atlantic. So that would suggest that it is one to certainly keep more than just one eye on. And uh, also just how close, I suppose, you're mentioning there the links with Barnsley and certainly AZ Alkmaar, how close the Reds could become with them, given how successful they've been with their transfer policy and a number of young players they've got at that club performing very well right now. Well, coming up next, we'll get stuck into the morning's transfer talk. Could the Reds be set to pluck a cherry from the Bournemouth tree and Chelsea close in on a club record deal? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. We'll start with the news then on the transfers this morning, Matt, that Liverpool, along with a handful of other clubs, hold an interest in Bournemouth winger David Brooks, according to Sky Sports. Yeah, Liverpool, Manchester United, Leicester City, Tottenham Hotspur and Everton, the clubs who are supposedly interested in 23-year-old midfielder David Brooks. No bid yet, according to Sky Sports. He was injured for a large portion of last season, but certainly the one before that made a big impression. I think he signed from Sheffield United, didn't he? So you'd imagine that they may well be interested now that Bournemouth have been relegated. <laughs> Certainly a, a player that I like. Um, I think he's an excellent footballer, sort of very similar to, to Adam Lallana in many ways, I think. But uh, you know, Liverpool have already got their replacement for, for Lallana and Curtis Jones. Uh, there's no real suggestion that Liverpool are in the market for any midfielder this summer, apart from potentially Thiago Alcantara, of course. We understand he's not an active target at this moment in time, but uh, that could change at some point down the line. And yeah, I think look, we discussed it yesterday on the Blood Red podcast. For, for Liverpool to sign Thiago, I think they would probably have to end up selling possibly three players, possibly Gini Wijnaldum, Marco Gruic, and, and probably Harry Wilson as well, to be able to not just fund that deal, but almost to, to free up the space, really, for, for somebody to be brought in. So, look, you, you could imagine them selling those players if they were to get somebody as good as, as Thiago. We've, we've all seen um, how good he has been over the last few months. But, you know, whether they would do the similar sort of thing for, for David Brooks, I'm not too sure. So, look, I, I think he will move on. I think he's definitely a Premier League player. He's not likely to want to, to stay at Bournemouth, I think, We've seen with, with Nathan Ake and, and one or two others that Bournemouth, if the right fee is put on the table, they will let those players go. And I'd be surprised if David Brooks is still a championship player uh, once next season kicks off. But I would be equally surprised if he ended up at Liverpool. I think you know a move to, to one or two of those other clubs makes a, a great deal of sense. Tottenham potentially maybe have got other priorities. I'm not too sure, but, but certainly Everton, I think, would be one of those who, who could well be interested. But yeah, I'd be very surprised if uh, if Liverpool were interested, particularly because I think I read last week that Bournemouth wanted about 35 to 40 million for him. So yeah, it would be a massive shock, I think, if, if Liverpool ended up with David Brooks. 
Yeah, they, of course, have already lost Nathan Ake and Aaron Ramsdale. We we did, of course, already have the Ishmael Assar links with Liverpool. Now, David Brooks reportedly, so it might suggest that Jurgen Klopp does have his eye on a winger that he might be looking to add to his squad. We did see, of course, with the Kostas Shimikas deal that the Reds always have a number of targets in mind when looking for those squad options. One player who won't be coming to Liverpool, though, despite his clear and obvious talents and perhaps due to the current financial situation of which Chelsea have been steering clear of so far, is Kai Havertz. And the Mail saying that this one's finally set to get done. He's set to fly in and put pen to paper on a deal at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, it does uh, appear that this £90 deal for for Chelsea to sign Kai Havertz should be done this week. Those are the reports coming out of of Germany. And yeah, it seems that Frank Lampard is going to get his number one target, 18 goals and, and nine assists last season. You can see exactly why he wants that attacking midfielder to, to come into his team. Chelsea play Liverpool, I think, in the, the second game of the, the season at Anfield, so it won't be too long before Liverpool get a, a chance to, to see Kai Havertz up close, I wouldn't think. And I suppose the, the first thing that, that many fans will be thinking is, you know, Chelsea have signed Hakim Ziyech, they've signed plenty of other attacking talents, Timo Werner, of course, being one of those. You know, they are a very top-heavy team. Why are they spending £90 million on Kai Havertz rather than a goalkeeper, for example, to replace Kepa or a centre-back to, to upgrade that sort of area or even a left-back potentially with Marcos Alonso not necessarily going to be at the club next season. I do think there will be one or two more signings for Chelsea, but the fact that they are spending this sort of money on Kai Havertz this season, I think, just underlines really the, the sort of talent that he's got. We know Liverpool were interested in him. We know that Jurgen Klopp is a fan of him. Why wouldn't he be? He's one of the best talents to, to come out of Germany at the moment. So, yeah, Liverpool, were, we're never going to spend that sort of money. And that effectively is the reason that Chelsea have, have done this deal this summer. I mean, they could have waited till next year, but potentially then they would have had to fight off Manchester United, Liverpool, Real Madrid, Barcelona, maybe as well, Bayern Munich. There would have been a lot more clubs in for him. This summer, Chelsea appear to be the only ones who can spend that 90 million fee. So it makes sense for them to to go out and get that deal done whilst they're the only team in the race. So, yeah, I think Chelsea's strategy this summer is going to raise a few eyebrows, but it does make a little bit more sense when you think that you know they'll be able to get effectively what they believe to be a, a generational talent, um, pretty much unopposed from from any other team. You know, Leverkusen have desperately been trying to generate a, a bidding war, but not really have had any success in that. And it appears that you know they've sort of climbed down a little bit. I think they wanted 100 million initially. They're going to get about 90 million. 85, 90 appears to be the the fee. So, yeah, I think both teams will be very, very happy with that. And look, I'm absolutely convinced that, that Kai Havertz will be a success at Chelsea. But yeah, it's uh, it's one of those that he was linked with Liverpool for a long time. But you would have been surprised if Liverpool ever paid a, a fee like that. So, yeah, I suppose, you know, that's the the sort of difference at the moment between Chelsea and Liverpool. Chelsea very much playing catch up. They've got a lot more money to splash, but they do need to splash a lot more money. So, yeah, Liverpool, as you say, Costa Shimikas has come in. They've got this goalkeeper now, I think, from Valencia, 19-year-old, who's sort of been brought in as, as extra backup. Um, Javi Sendon, I believe is how you pronounce that. So very different ways of, of going about the transfer market this summer. Liverpool spending pretty much the, the money that they got for Dan Lovren on those two players. Chelsea, meanwhile, doing the, the complete opposite. But look, I, I don't think it's it's anything for, for Liverpool to worry about at this moment in time. But yeah, I'm sure Kai Havertz will be 
a big success and it's a good thing for the Premier League that a player who is as highly rated as him at the age of just 21 uh, is going to be coming in. So, yeah, it's uh, an exciting one to watch, I think, but I would still imagine that Liverpool will finish ahead of Chelsea next season. Yeah, Javi Senden, part of the, the training squad out in uh, Austria. Looks like he might come back to, to Melwood with the group and as you allude to there, Matt, might well join Jurgen Klopp. So we'll have to wait and see how that one does play out. But all indications then with Chelsea that once they get this Havertz deal done, they'll plough on and sign Ben Chilwell. And you just got to think Havertz, Werner, Chilwell in an alternative reality somewhere. Matt, all three of those are wearing red shirts and would have been turning out at Anfield. Alas, they aren't. Well, finally this morning, though, we'll head back to the summer of 2014. The Reds had just finished runners-up in the Premier League. After a scintillating season under Brendan Rodgers, Luis Suarez had left for Barcelona. A move for Alexis Sanchez had fallen through, only for Mario Balotelli to arrive at Anfield. And Matt Conadan has turned around a brilliant piece on this one, looking into the deal for the Echo, a deal that didn't really come to uh, fruition for the Reds? No, absolutely not. It was uh, a very strange deal. I mean, it was a deal that Liverpool didn't really want to do, I don't think. He was effectively the only option left at that moment in time. And yeah, it uh, fell apart really from the second he came into the club. He was a bit of a a disaster, very much problematic on the training pitch from, from what we hear. And yeah, I mean... Look, it's the opposite signing to what Liverpool would make now. I think it's fair to say he was a player who basically just filled the gap. Liverpool needed to sign someone. Brendan Rodgers backed himself to get something out of Balotelli when several other managers, you know, had managed to, to well, had, had not managed, I should say, to, to get anywhere near doing that. So, yeah, I mean, look, it was billed at the time as what, 16 million, a fairly smart piece of business. He was cheaper than one or two of the other options. You know, the wages were maybe a little bit less than one or two other players would have demanded. But yeah, I mean, look, the, the fee was £16 million for a reason because he really was was not the style, not the character that, that Liverpool needed at that moment in time. So, look, Balotelli, I think, is one of the, the wasted talents. I think he's obviously got huge you know, amount of, of ability, but he just never managed to apply that, did he? He was always one of those players at, at Manchester City that you thought was... As I say, a, a player with a huge amount of ability and talent, but just never really managed to to put that to to good use. Really, he was always distracted by one thing or another. There was always ridiculous stories about fireworks in bathrooms and, and various other things, and he just seemed to to have the mentality of of a child, really. And you know, he's still young enough that his career could have you know still been almost at, at its peak at the moment, but. Yeah, he was uh, a very, very strange player and he's very, very frustrating almost, to be honest. I think it's it's such a, a waste of a, a hugely talented player because if he'd have took his career seriously, he could have been one of the best strikers around. And, you know, you, you look at some of the, the players who've been at Liverpool over the years who probably haven't had half as much ability as what Mario Balotelli had, but you know, they had the application, they had all of the, the other things that go around it and have had 10 times the, the career that he's had. So, yeah, it was a, a Liverpool gamble that did not pay off in the slightest. And, yeah, it was uh, one of the, the final nails, really, in Brendan Rodgers' coffin at Liverpool because, yeah, it was uh, a deal done out of desperation as much as anything else. And, yeah, in the end, it was a complete disaster. So, yeah, I think Liverpool very much learned the lesson and, 
yeah, to sort of sum up, I think Liverpool's transfer policy at the moment is the complete opposite of what it was back then. So I suppose that is the only positive that came out of the Mario Balotelli deal is that Liverpool very much learned their lesson very quickly. Yeah, I suppose the, the manager's hunch no longer a consideration in transfer decisions as to whether the manager thinks he could could get the best out of him somehow. Matt, Mario Balotelli is still only 30 now and only turned 30 earlier this month. I'll never forget Euro 2012 when he absolutely dominated Germany and at that time he, he hadn't yet turned 22 and as you say, never fulfilled that potential, that clear and obvious potential that he certainly did have. But before we go here on the Morning Bulletin, a quick reminder to keep your eyes fixed across Across what's going on over on the Liverpool Echo website, including the daily transfer blog, which will round up all the big Liverpool transfer news for you in one place throughout the day. If you'd prefer, you can also sign up to the twice daily newsletter, a collection of the top stories sent directly to you via email. All you need to do is register through the link in the description of this podcast. Also, stay tuned to Blood Red wherever it is you get your audio on demand, as well as over on our YouTube channel as well. Later on today, of course, we'll be back with reaction to Liverpool's second pre-season outing against Red Bull Salzburg. Matt and I will be back with a special post-game podcast after that one. Thanks for joining us now, though, here on the Morning Bulletin. That's all for now. We'll catch you later. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.